therapy. There's a couple of ready-made phrases that I use, almost like advertising slogans. One of them is, what's stopping you becoming the person you want to be? And another one is, you have more power than you think you have. You see, everyone's a victim. If you're a smoker, you're, you see yourself as a victim of the cigarettes. It's the cigarettes that control you. Drug takers think they're controlled by the drugs. People with an overactive mind, which gives about, brings about anxiety, depression and so on, are victims of their own thoughts. Their thoughts are out of control. People are in relationships and they think that their partner controls the relationship or their boss controls them or something like that. People nowadays, they go to a psychologist or even just online, they give themselves a label and they might label themselves as Asperger's or autistic or with ADHD or something like this. Now, they then become a victim of these labels and we see this all the time people saying oh I have ADHD I have I'm an autistic I have this or I have that no they're a person who has a certain thinking pattern and the point about bringing putting a label on it is that it divests them of any control it's like they have a disease and they call it a disease and therefore, well, they, they can't control this. I mean, they could take drugs or whatever, but there's nothing they can do to control it. So they become victims. Now, a whole culture, a whole society is a victim mentality. You know, blacks are victims and um, the poor are victims and the transsexuals are victims and everybody who's uh, got any kind of well, anybody who, who wants to label themselves as a victim becomes a victim. These make you powerless. And when I say you have more power than you think you have, you have to look at the ways in which you've become a victim and turn your attention to how you can change that pattern. Cigarettes are addictive physically, but the main aspect of cigarettes is their psychological addiction. In cigarettes, there's a, if each drug has what's called a half-life. The half-life is the amount of time it takes for that drug to go down to half its level in your bloodstream. I think, and I could be corrected here, that with something like heroin, the half-life is about seven hours. So the heroin addict would have 80 milligrams at 9 o'clock in the morning. By 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's gone down to the equivalent of 40 milligrams in their bloodstream. And by, what, 11 o'clock at night, it's gone down to 20 milligrams and they're, they're hunting around for another hit. They, they need to keep, or they think they need to keep that level up in their bloodstream or they get withdrawal symptoms. With cigarettes or nicotine when it's smoked, the half-life I think is about 20 minutes. So if you were addicted to the physical effects of the nicotine, you would have to keep that level up in your bloodstream continuously or you'll get withdrawal symptoms. There are people who are nicotine addicts, 
but they have a very different smoking habit to what you might say ordinary people have. Uh, if they go to the cinema or, or whatever, they have to wear patches. They get up in the night and they smoke. So they're continuously smoking. They have their chain smokers, what these call chain smokers. But most people will go for long periods without cigarettes and they associate cigarettes with having a break or finishing work or having a drink or something like that. It's a psychological addiction and is therefore very much in their control. Now the other point here is that even if it is a physical addiction, you have control over your own physiology. They give heroin addicts um, methadone so that they can... uh, these poor, poor little beings can avoid having a, a, um, a meltdown, you know, when they go without their, their drug. The idea is, to, is that this, the thinking is that having withdrawal from heroin is so intense and so bad we can't put any human being through it, so we have to give a methadone in order to stop that happening. Now, it's completely ridiculous. Every heroin addict has had withdrawal symptoms at one time or another. And when they go to rehab and they come off the heroin, so there's no withdrawal symptoms, they can walk out in the streets, they're completely free of it, within, you know, varies, but days, weeks, maybe even months, they're back in again, it's called the revolving door. Now, they didn't get back into drugs because they were were suffering withdrawal symptoms. They get back into the drug because there's a psychological issue there that needs addressing. They've become dependent on the drug psychologically. With many addicts, they haven't learned strategies. Now, ironically, some of these addicts come from very respectable backgrounds. But they've been overprotected. They never faced any adversity when they were growing up. And consequently, they don't learn strategies for dealing with adversity. And when adversity comes, they simply retreat into the drug um, as a way of avoiding it. Um, And this is the problem that we face nowadays, which is, is really with parenting. Parents now are the friends of their kids, they're not the parent, they don't impose any discipline. And so they don't equip their children to go out into the world and face adversity. In the old days, kids had much more independence. They would go out, they would go out on their own, they would explore, they would find things out. And this gave them the ability to problem solve, to deal with issues and so on. The kids don't get that nowadays. Um, and this is a large cause of, of the dependent, back, uh, dependent thinking that we have because drug taking is really the tip of this iceberg of dependency. You know, these transsexuals or so, if we talk to them the wrong way and use the wrong pronoun, where they're going to go out and commit suicide. Well, their level of dealing with adversity is so low that they can't even take somebody calling them the wrong name. The problem isn't in people using the wrong pronoun. The problem is that they haven't developed any strategies for dealing with adversity. And the reason, in my opinion, why most of them 
go down this transsexual um, path is well partly because it's been pushed on them by over imaginative um, doctors and other agents but it's the easy path, it's the path of least resistance. So I can become somebody else, take on a new persona, and all my problems will be solved. And when they're not, they don't attribute it to the prop to the fact that they've taken the wrong path. They attribute it to the fact that oh other people are to blame. And this is it, they blame other people. Everybody wants to blame um, you know, other agencies, whether it's drugs. Uh, thinking, you know, brain patterns. This is why they go on antidepressants, supposedly, is because somehow they've got the wrong uh, neurotransmitters in their brain which needs correcting. It's absolute rubbish. And so they take uh, anti antidepressants. Uh, or they blame other people. Everything's blame. Well, when you use blame, you have given in and given up your power. You have more power than you think you have. Stop blaming other people and look at what you can change in yourself. And of course, there are many, many stories of people who were drug addicts and overcame it, people who are chronic porn watchers and overcame it, and so on and so on and so on. People do stop smoking. People are able to deal with these things by turning it around and not seeing that they're a victim and um, taking on power understanding the power they have. Now, the other turn of phrase I use, or one of the other turns of phrases I use, is what's stopping you becoming the person you want to be. Now, this is a question, really, that people should ask themselves. People think, oh, I want to be a multi-millionaire. I want to have a lot of money. I want to be like Elon Musk and run a company. Now, if you want to run a, a business, it's hard work. It's hard work and it, it's consistent um, application to the task. And if you want to spend your evening sitting down in front of the TV you know, and vegging out, you're not gonna you're not gonna achieve those tasks. Now it may be, and and I'm not really, you know, passing any judgment here. It may be that you say, okay, well it's not worth it. I don't particularly want to run the business if that's the price I have to pay. And in a way that's fair enough. You know, we take we go to our own level. We we take things on as we want. I've run businesses and I found it's more trouble than it's worth. You get woken up at four o'clock in the morning by people ringing from America who are too stupid to understand this time zones and so on and uh, and I just decided it wasn't worth worth the effort um, so it is a decision that you have to make uh, but there's a cost involved so when I say what's stopping you becoming the person you want to be I mean that as a serious question look at what you want to be and say, well, what is the price of that? What do I have to do to achieve that? Um, there is around a, a, an attitude of entitlement. People think they're entitled to get this, they're entitled to get that, they're deserving of this and they don't need to put the work in. No, you have to put the work in 
in order to achieve the results. If you don't put the work in, you won't get the results. You know, we see this even in the education system. People expect to get high grades, even when they don't get the put the work in to get to get the high grades. Um, people expect to get a high income. They expect to receive enough money to live on without having to put any work in. Now, I was going to say life doesn't work like that, but of course society does. Because uh, the society has got so inverted, with they're talking about a universal basic income. And people love this. They love the idea that they can just be paid for doing nothing and they're still going to have, to have enough to live on. Um, and the, the reason for this, of course, is because the whole, the idea of money supply has got corrupted and money has, um, doesn't have any base. It's fiat currency, which is based on nothing. And I talked about this last time. This is why it's heading for a collapse. But there is this sense of entitlement. Um, the, the left in the left-wing people. And of course, the distinction between what used to be called left-wing and what used to be called right-wing is largely broken down. Uh, but there are, there is an element of people who love the idea of fiat currency. They think the gold standard is completely ridiculous because it does appear to solve this problem of having an unlimited money supply. We can all be millionaires we can all be rich we've solved that problem well you haven't you've just put off the inevitable in the old testament in the bible every 50 years there was a jubilee year and in the jubilee year there was uh, the forgiving of all debts now the jews still do it but of course like everything the jews do they've manipulated it so that they follow the letter of the law without at all following the spirit of it. So Jews would simply offload their, jet, their debts onto non-Jews until the Jubilee year is over and then they buy them back and, the, or, and, and you know, it's like it's just a matter of changing some certificates. The point about the Jubilee year is because um, you don't want one generation's debts being paid out, being carried through to the next generation. And you don't want this building up of debt, uh, which is what's happened today, where debt's become a way of life. Everybody lives in debt. It's a debt, and this is why we have this fiat currency, everything is a debt currency. And people have lost track of this. It's also a generation. Now, <clears throat> we go back to the 19... 20s, of course, the 1930s, there was the Great Depression in America. But that was more than a generation ago. People have forgotten that that's even a possibility. My mother was always concerned about um, having money um, because she knew that things could get bad, that things could be taken away from her. That's all lost now. It's lost on, on, on this generation's thinking. So there's this, there is this sense of entitlement. Um, we're all deserving of, of money coming from thin air, apparently. So these two aspects of therapy are worth looking at. You have more power than you think you have. 
you think you've been labelled as ADHD or um, Asperger's or something else. These are simply thinking patterns. And because they're thinking patterns, you can either choose to be controlled by those thinking patterns or you can take control over them. Now, I highly recommend doing meditation because what meditation does is it shifts you from that left side of the brain which is caught up in the thoughts and to the right side of the brain where you're able to observe those thoughts. I use the metaphor of a train of thoughts, a thought that's linked to the next one, that's linked to the next one, like carriages on a train. And we have to step off the track. We don't stop the thoughts. You, you can't do that. But you step off the track. You watch the thoughts. And, and of course, this metaphor, or, or similar metaphors, in many, many ways, um, are... You get onto the, the net and have a look at meditation and ways of dealing with thoughts and quiet minds at Neckart Toll and people like this. They have similar kind of practices in order to observe your thoughts, not stop them, don't stop them, just observe them and let them go. You can't stop them. And this over time gives you control over your thoughts. Now, here's the issue, of course, this is over time. You have to put the work in. You won't get instant results. And people want instant results. People have this sense of entitlement. So they don't do it. And because we've such in such an atheistic, materialistic, mechanistic, pseudo-scientific way of thinking, people don't even accept, <laughs> and this is the most ridiculous thing, that even the mind exists in some cases. It's all, so they say, simply a factor, factor of neurotransmitters in the brain and therefore we have to take these drugs in order to change the neurotransmitters. And they completely lost any idea of cause and effect. They think they can understand um, the driver of the car by understanding the car. Of course, it's completely ridiculous. Every car has a driver. I mean, even if it's self-driving, it has somebody who's programmed it. Um, and every human has... Uh, a brain behind it that's functioning, that's doing things. And we have to be able to control that thoughts behind the brain. I think Deepak Chopra uses a very good metaphor when he, he talks about the actions of the body as being mechanical and the functions of the, the mind as being like at the quantum level, which they are, and I've written about this on my website, philip.brain.net. Um, but there's a, a point in which we, we have to move from the, uh, from the quantum world to the mechanical world and so on. You see, you can suffer from fear and we can see that fear as a physical reaction. We can see that fear by using brain scans and seeing certain behavior in the brain and so on but that root of fear that feeling that thing that's causing it is beyond that it's not the physical manifestation it's not the the, the direction of the car it's the driver the thing that's causing it one person can look at a cockroach or a spider and have immense fear and somebody else can look at the same thing and not get that fear that's the mind that's you know, thoughts and, and reactions and so on. It's not at the mechanical level. 
we're not victims of that. If you have fear, you're not a victim of that fear. You can get behind it to the cause of it, to, to the thoughts and so on that are going there. We see this with PTSD. Two people can go through a similar experience and one of them will come out of PTSD and it will affect them immensely in their sleep and, their, you know, and so on. And the other person just shrugs it off and gets on with their life. And there's a lot of research into behaviour and what causes it. But ultimately, it's the one person who's got control over his thoughts and the other one doesn't. So you have more power than you think you have. listening you can email me phil at graham.net you can look at my website philip with one l dot graham.net graham is b-r-a-h-a-m and if you send an email put podcast in the subject so it doesn't get lost thank you